Stupid Apocalypse. I'm Ben. As always, I'm hanging out with Mike. Hello. Claire. Hey. And a cushion in place of Pete, who's not here, he's sick. Aww. So we've got to infected me and then I've had to soldier and he's fucking not here, the bastard. <laughs> That's a big Jedi of you. <laughs> <laughs> Almost sounds like you want revenge. <laughs> Maybe you are turned to the dark side. <laughs> but yes, no Pete tonight. So today is a movie special. Claire, it was Claire's pick. Do you want to tell us what it was, Claire? The Bank of Dave. The Bank of Dave. It's on Netflix. You can watch it. It's a true. It's based on a true story. Some glaring, glaring lies in it, but we'll get to that. There's always a bit of that for artistic license, isn't there? There is, but it's like, ah, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Right. Let's thank some new returning listeners. And then we'll crack on with it. You can follow us on Facebook at Clint for the Bull and the Post Truth Apocalypse. YouTube is Apocalypse Bull. Spotify and SoundCloud are Clint for the Bull and the PTA. Give us a like, give us a subscribe, send us a message. All right, where shall I start? Vinny Sire in, in Ukraine, I've never said that right. Sao Paulo in Brazil, Swanley in the UK, Spring Valley in the US, Philadelphia in the US, Mountain View in the US, Hearn Bay in the UK. Frankfurt and Maine in Germany. Buenos Aires in Argentina. Man, I better not mention the Falklands. Don't mention the war. Shit. 40 years ago. Right? Shut up. It's all we've got as a nation. On our own, no one else helped. Got a bit of Birmingham as well. Birmingham, yeah. In the UK. Albemarle. Ab- I just say that. Albemarle in the, in the US. Accra in Ghana. Brussels in Belgium. Bengaluru in India. Ashburn, Virginia. And, yeah, Ashburn, Virginia, yeah. Thank you, Ashburn. Now, cracking. It was awesome. Thank you very much. Keep listening. Tell a friend. Tell others. Spread the word. So, let's talk about the Bank of Dave. It has a 7 on IMDb. 7.0. 7.0, yes. Top build cast. Joel Fry as Hugh the Lawyer. Phoebe Dinevo as Alexander. That's Dave's niece. Rory Kinnear as Dave Fishwick himself. It was Angus Wright, there's a guy called Clarence, so he gives first names. There is actually quite a big star in this. It's Hugh Bonneville of, what's it called, Downton Abbey fame. Yeah. He's in this. Which part did he play? He plays Sir Charles, one of the bankers. Oh, I know, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I didn't tweak that at first. And it's the story of a self-made millionaire and former minibus driver, Dave Fishwick, first rose to prominence in 2012 when he decided... There's been a banking crash. They've lost like 50 billion and they've been bailed out by the public. Or they were in this country. Yep. Bailed out by the taxpayer. 13 grand per person. Ah, That's a lot of money. Fucking is. That's like half a year's wages for me. Half a year's salary. Fucking hell. That I've been, you know, the the banks have had off me and they were still paying their top guys the bonuses. Millions and millions of pounds. All at the taxpayer's expense. And Nobody... <laughs> they were doing illegal activities. They fixed the LIBOR fucking. Explain what the LIBOR is. Oh, LIBOR rate. Fucking hell. Don't say it if you can't explain it. The London Interbank something or other. What's, what is it though? Operating rate. Right, so they. Uh, they Is that how much that's it costs? It's all to do with the stocks and markets. It's all to do with how much they loan to each other and things like that. And okay. They fixed that anyway. That was an illegal activity. They did other shit that was illegal. No one well, went to prison. Lending all that money to actually. people who couldn't pay it back is usually not a good idea. One one person went to prison, I think. He was like middle management. 
Was he? Yeah, and that was it. They just had slaps on the wrist and fines and a fine to a multi-millionaire banker. He was just going to get that back in a bonus anyway. Iceland, of course, did it properly and locked all theirs up. They did. Oh, I heard about Iceland. Yeah. So they're still all locked up. I don't, I don't know, know about now. But they were at the time. Yeah. So I mean, you know, the banks crash roughly every seven years. It's engineered that way. Of course it is. That's how the system works. And Dave wants to change the system, certainly in the UK anyway, by creating his own local bank for local people. Community a, bank. A community bank. Now, when Claire suggested this film, I realised... Can I just say, because after the crash, the banks weren't lo- lending to people? No, they weren't. The whole fucking point of a bank is to loan money to fucking people that need it so, so the economy can grow yeah. and, and you can make business yeah. and, you know. And they stop loaning to people. Yeah, because at this point there was like a hundred businesses a day going out of business in Britain because mm-hmm. the banks wouldn't loan money. He was like, well, f- fuck it, I'll set up my own bank and I'll, I'll loan money to people. And Dave is a millionaire. He's a self-made millionaire. He runs a, a chain of minibus dealers, which I didn't think would be that profitable, but apparently it is. I'd imagine he's... Probably got his fingers in one or two other pies, because yeah, you know, I don't think he'd be a millionaire selling minibuses. Why not? Well, I suppose strange things happen. Anything, couldn't you? Yeah, I guess. Do you think there was that much call for minibuses? That's why you're not a millionaire, and he is. It's very true. <laughs> very true. That's why I'm sat here in poverty, <laughs> being working poor. Yeah, at least I've got my social status to fall back on. <laughs> So he was loaning to people that the banks were turning down because they said they were too risky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, he's loaning them out of his own pocket. Yeah, and do you know what the rate was that they, they paid him back? What? 98%. Yeah, it was, yeah. All of them paid up on time, Which 98%. About, about the same as what happens to, to normal banks. So these banks were saying, no, too risky, I'm not lending it yet. And he was like, meeting these people, getting to know them, Seeing what their business had yeah. to offer. And if he thought it was a good idea. Yeah. And we're not talking massive loans. We're no. talking like three to, no, anywhere from like a thousand to four or five grand. Yeah. We're not talking huge loans no. for a business. He, he, but without he, that, they would have gone under. Well, yeah, he, he was not, walking yeah. down the street, wasn't he? And loads of places are clo- closed down. Yeah. All, the, all our high streets look like derelict fucking... Oh. Beirut. Yeah. <laughs> So that's why he was lending to these small businesses to sort of, well, you know. Rejuvenate his local economy. Which the sad thing is about this is that it's set in Burnley in the UK, (laughs) in Lancashire. And I don't like Burnley for footballing reasons. I'm a Blackburn Rovers fan. Burnley are our oldest and fiercest rivals. And it pained me to see Burnley on screen. No one was shitting in a crisp packet. There was no dolphin people. <laughs> you know, no one had flippers. Six fingers, no banjo playing or nothing. They also That's where I come from in Brosley with six fingers. <laughs> Burnley's kind of the same. Is it? <laughs> but yeah, Dave Fishwick, I mean, he's genuinely, his art's in the right place, isn't it? Yeah. He's not doing this for any... And that's the beauty of this. He's not doing this for any... Profit. The bank's rules are... All, all profit goes to charity. Goes to local charity. Yeah. Yeah. And in the documentary made about the film, you see him going round 
handing out checks for like they made nine thousand and fifty pound profit in the first year, and first he went round. Yeah, well, a month. I think it was the first year. Yeah. And he was like going around, and he was dishing out two grand checks. Yeah. To local charity shops and businesses. Here you go. This all goes to you. It's all the profit. He's not doing this for money. So the bank's obviously making enough to pay its employees, pay the rent on the building, yeah. pay all the other expenses a business has to do to keep the lights on. And then the bonuses? No, no bonuses. I don't know if his staff get bonuses, actually. Uh, that wasn't mentioned. I doubt it. Doubt it. I doubt it very much. Oh, no, I was talking about the, the, the big banks. They, they, you know. Well, of course, and with the big banks, they don't invest in the local community. They gamble it all on the fucking stock exchange or and take it all for themselves yeah or invest in fossil fuel companies and arms manufacturers I was going to say don't you dare forget the military industrial complex yeah that's <laughs> yeah. why I I'm with a co-op bank because it's an ethical bank what do they they don't invest in fossil fuels no. and guns no more for them <laughs> <laughs> it's the only bank I think in Britain major bank anyway it's like that. I was like, yeah, I can't fucking bank with these twats. I used to be with Barclays and then I went to Santander. I mean, HSBC were found to be money laundering millions of pounds of Mexican drug money. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Just got a fine, of course. Told to stop so it. So they've got Tony Montana rocking up <laughs> yeah. with like sackfuls of money. They're so fucking corrupt, it's unbelievable. Oh, uh, well, Dave isn't corrupt. And of course. The banks, as soon as they got wind of what he was trying to do, they tried to put the kibosh on it, didn't they? They weren't happy. You see, in this country, you have to go through what's called the FSA, the Financial... What is it? Financial Safeguarding Association, or something mm. like that, isn't it? Basically, they'll give you... like a Financial Standards Association. Authority. Authority. Authority, yeah. And they haven't issued a new bank licence to anyone in 150 years. Because they don't want people like Dave putting money back in the community when profits to be made. And also, it's the right kind of people, isn't it? It's the old school tie network. It's it's all the ones who went to Eton that weren't yeah. quite clever enough to be politicians. Or didn't get sent into the army. Or maybe they went to the army and then Dad set them up in a hedge fund broker. Mm. You know? It's that kind of shit. It's that kind of person. You've got to be in the clique. You've got to be in that society. No one just pops her head above that parapet and gets in. No, he was met with loads of res- resistance, wasn't he? Yep. Oh, the threat of jail and everything. Mm. Yeah, if he, if he said, they said if he calls it a bank, he's going to prison. Yep, can't call it a bank. Even now, ten years on, it still can't call it a bank. It's called Burnley Savings and Loans Authority or something. Yep, the bank, bank on Dave. Yeah. <laughs> bank on Dave. I actually really like that, I think it's clever. So the the film follows the, the story of Burnley Entrepreneur, played here by Rory Kinnear, who set up an independent lending company during the financial crisis to help those living in the Lancashire town. And while the film is inspired by true stories, we've just told you the, the pretty much the basics of that he wants to put all the money back in the community because it's struggling. The film does take one or two liberties with the truth, some big liberties actually. <laughs> But while the broad outline of the story are true, Dave Fishwick really did set up a new lending company in response to what he perceived to be a broken banking system, and his enormous success is very much real. There are also a number of exaggerations and inventions made for the film. Yeah, 
enormous success, broken banking system. It's a feel-good story. Mm. It is. I mean, for God's sake, he, he's taken this to the highest levels in this, as far as he can get this, because he's taken it to Westminster, he's taken it to Parliament. Yeah. You know, it's in, it's in pretty, he's got people talking about this in Parliament. Of course, no one's really done anything, but he is backed up. He's legit. He's, he can, he's got insurance, he's got certificates on the wall, and he's like, that, backed up by that, with the insurance, makes me a bank. Every other bank has got well, these documents. 99.9% of the bank. Mm. Isn't it? Yeah, everybody else has got these documents, so why can't I be a bank? I'm doing a better job. And his thing was, he goes, if they won't give me a, did you say, Claire, if they won't give me a banking license, I want them to tell me why. Why? Yeah. Why not? Yep. So why? What do you think they'd say then? What's their reason? Well, he wants them to admit that he's not part of their their club. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so, isn't it? You're sorry, mate, you're just some bloke who sells minibuses from a shithole in Lancashire. And it is a shithole. Mm-hmm. It was the solicitor that was trying to sort of talk him talk him off the idea, wasn't he? In the film, yes. Is that not true for the, you know... I couldn't... In the documentary I watched, it was... The solicitor was quite sort of honest with him, like, OK, we can do this. Don't do that, do this, yep. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So this is the way you want to approach it, trying to find loopholes... And let's face it, there's plenty of loopholes in the British justice system and legal system. There's loopholes in everything. That's how Jimmy Savile got away with it for so long. Loopholes. Not just people turning a blind eye. That too. That too. Have you seen that yet, the the series that's just come out about Savile? I watched... The Reckoning, I think it's called. No, I haven't watched that yet. Steve Coogan is fantastic. Is it? Well, he's fantastic as Jimmy Savile. Really good performance. It's not the greatest. They, 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 they've kind of dumbed it down a bit, I think. They haven't, they haven't quite hit sort of the right notes for me, but it's, it's, you can't knock his performance, though. It's worth watching just for that. Yeah, there right. you go. creep you out. Yeah. Oh, I watched that documentary. That was enough. Mm. The one where it was shown all around Broadmoor yeah. and all that lot and... And he's like, hey, hey, he's got that little girl in the yeah, bed. Yeah, and he's yeah. like, oh, you got drawing on me. Oh, you're drawing you. It looks like a demon. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, you are. You're scary, man. It's like, oh, my God, what did you do to that kid? Unbelievable, isn't it? Oh, that's not at all like this, though. This is really heartwarming tale, this is. Mm. One of these concerns, the role played by the rock band Def Leppard. Def Leppard are in this film. They play Poor Sugar on Me. Probably their best track, Adam, I think. They play a few songs, I think. I think they play three. Yeah. And this in the film, the band flies in to perform a number of songs at a fundraising concert. But this is actually just a complete fabrication. He never had a fundraising concert. He never had to raise 12 million quid like he did in the film. You already had 12 million quid. I don't know if you already had it. They never mentioned that in the documentary, whether he had to pay this money to get authority. But... He did get the lead singer of Creme Brulee to open the show. <laughs> <laughs> Creme Brulee, though, Mike, are a fictional rock band from the League of Gentlemen, a British comedy series. <laughs> That's the issue. But he yeah. did have the actor who played him. He must be a local actor. And he f- literally flew in from, like, Tenerife or somewhere. He was on holiday. He turned up in his shorts. <laughs> he just got off the plane in a taxi to Burnley. Yeah. 
think he might have been in Phoenix Nights as well. He may have been. He's a comedy actor, but yeah, he's not quite Def Leppard, is it? It's not yeah. Def Leppard. This is based on the fact that Fishwick himself is just a massive fan of the band, so maybe you know his net, that Netflix money is wagging in his face, and he's like, "I'll do it if you get Def Leppard." <laughs> <laughs> you know, Netflix, Netflix will buy anything. Look out for the curtain for the one in the post through the pockets. Netflix show coming soon. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> just a camera with us four. <laughs> So meanwhile, many of the nefarious schemes to undermine Dave's legitimacy that we see carried out by the banking elite are also invented for the film. It's not that they didn't try and stop him, but they weren't weren't, like in the film they set up a a charge against him as loan sharking because he's been lending money out to people. And one of the the people he loaned money to was a the former nurse in the community whose husband had passed away. And she didn't want charity or like a what AR is fourteen hundred quid pay me back. She wants it done officially. It was for a funeral, wasn't it? Yeah, it was for her husband's funeral. So he does it on the in the film he writes out the contract on Fishwick Minibus's legally headed paper and does it as a finance deal, mm-hmm. which is technically loan sharking because he's not an authorised lender, lender as such. Yeah. Yeah, I mean she hasn't bought a minibus no, I so think he could lend, couldn't he? You can lend, like, if I go into you and Mike, I'm, I'm Dave, and I go, Mike, you've got this business idea, I think it's great, it's 1,500 quid, that's fine. Yeah, I think you could lend. It's when, you, when you're when you signing bits of paper, I think that has a legality to it. Yeah, he could, it had to be for a specific thing, he, he could only lend money for the minibuses or something. Yeah, yeah, that's it. You could, yeah. could only sort of, like, do the finance for yeah. you to get by a minibus off him at yeah. the time. Yeah, that's it. And if he was clever, if they were both, if they both thought about it, which in the time he didn't, he never thought this was going to come back to haunt him. No. In the film, you know, you just give her a fucking cheap minibus to drive around in for fourteen hundred quid, wouldn't you? No, I don't think I'm going to cut it really. Minibuses are quite expensive. They are. We could say it was, you know, it's only got like a couple of years left in it, you know. Maybe. Maybe he wanted to give her the money. That, he wanted to give her the money. If she just took the money, there'd have been no paperwork yeah. and there'd have been no issue with that. That's it. She wanted it. She didn't want a charity and but that that was fiction as well. Yeah. That was fiction too, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, didn't mention it in the documentary. So, and then we have a quite a good court scene based on that. And I do like a bit of courtroom drama. I must admit. Me too. I'm a bit partial to courtroom drama. And it was quite—it was quite a good scene. The the, the lawyer was pretty good. They both—they played it really well. He was living his courtroom fantasy. He was yeah. living. I expected him to start like, "You want the truth? You can't handle the truth." <laughs> kind of moment, but he didn't. Which is, you know. No, but he—he he, he made, he made a good case. He did, and it was probably the probably the best part of the film, in a way. For me, because he was like, "Oh, this has gone down a different route all of a sudden." One minute I'm one minute I'm hating the bankers, and the next minute I've got a courtroom drama. High stakes, was it? It was high stakes. Yeah. Because if you've got a criminal record in Britain, then obviously you can't own a bank. And for that, Dave would have got only a minimal fine. We're not talking jail time, but he's still got a criminal record. Yeah. And he talks to magistrates around the lawyer, doesn't? It's great. I love it. It's a fantastic scene. Uh, they didn't do that though. That was a problem. Although Dave did face opposition from the big banks while he was setting up his enterprise, they limited the amount he could take deposit from customers. Yeah. You know, it went like a hundred thousand pound a month. 
People were like throwing money into this bank. They're queuing up yeah. to put their money in because he's offering a 5% interest rate. Yeah. Which is better than any other bank yeah. in the country. Yeah, back then it was, what, was it Was it 1% or less Something than like 1%? 2% most, I think. I have known, I have known it about 5%, but that was like back in the day when, you know, back in like the late 90s, early 2000s when things were good. After that it's come in, you can still get an ICE, I mean, I think most ICEs in this country, an ICE is like a tax-free savings account, but you you can only deposit so much a year, I think it's about £7,500 a year, mm-hmm. then... That's like you can get five percent on that, but you can't touch your money once it's there. Yeah. And but never but back in the day that was like seven and a half percent interest on those. You can only have a couple, and you can only put so much in. But they they were really high, and now they're just like it's just crap. Your average savings account, fucking hell, I don't even think it's one percent interest. I don't know, I haven't got a savings account. <laughs> I think it's gone up now because the interest rate's gone up, isn't it? Well, yeah, but good interest and bad interest, isn't there? So. Anyway, he was doing 5%, which was way better than his competitors. Of course, the banks didn't like that, did they? No. No, of course not. So they actually, at one point, they actually stopped him, didn't they? From taking any money. Yeah, you can't take any money. And of course, they're just like, well, they're losing money at that point because the money's not coming in, so they can't lend any money out. Yeah. That was the whole point of him setting up was to loan money out. So he's still not been successful to become a bank, but he has got the Burnley Savings and Loans Limited. You can only deposit a limited amount, but it's a 5% interest rate, and it's been a rip-roaring success. I love that saying. Me too. Rip-roaring. Jolly good. Yeah. He was initially determined to revolutionise the banking system in the wake of the financial crisis when he felt strongly that high street banks were not lending enough money to people and small businesses and felt disillusioned by the huge bonuses given to bank employees. And who wasn't, you know, but this guy actually had the net nuts, the nose and the funds to take on the big boys. you got to hand it to him. Yeah, fair play, man. Burnley Savings and Loan works a peer-to-peer crowdfunding model in which borrowers can withdraw money and then take on the responsibility for repaying the loans. And since it was set up, it has lent to thousands of customers, turning a profit within six months of opening. What's more, Dave donates that profit to charities, including local food banks, community centres and schools, something which has helped make him a hugely popular figure in the local community. And of course it fucking would, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. I'm really interested in seeing if I can get something done like this in, in Dorley. Yeah. Dorley for Dorley and Mansley. That'd, that'd be good. I think it would just help out massively. Of course it would, yeah. All the profits coming back into the community. That's it, all of it. Yeah. Either to charities or to people of, who businesses that need it. Yeah, it's part of something called the Preston model in this country, which is the Preston Labour Council. They were the only... Them and other councils that followed suit were the only ones that made a profit Well, after the crash because they were keeping all the profits within the local community. Yeah, it was boosting the spending of people in the community, yeah. boost the local business. Yeah, and that was taken from... American model actually called the Cleveland model. They did it in Cleveland, Ohio first. The home of the Cleveland steamer, I presume. <laughs> yeah. Quite possibly. <laughs> so, alright. 
this is a good film. I enjoyed it. It was heartwarming. It's worth a seven. Right? I'm not going to give it a seven. I don't like true stories that are lies. <laughs> right? Now, it was entered the courtroom drama. Probably my favourite part of the film. Really entertaining. Def Leppard. Def Leppard turned up. <laughs> Fuck me, that's impressive. <laughs> then I go away. Do my research. That never either of those things happened. And the no. romance... And, and there, was a, there was a romantic subplot between the lawyer and Dave's niece who doesn't actually exist. Mm. There's no niece, either. There's no niece, no. No, but they have to, you know, if you want people to watch stuff, watch stuff, it's, know, got, it's yeah. got to have a, a bit of a plot and something, you know. Yeah, but my argument, like, I understand where you're coming from. it's just from, a fucking documentary, right? then. Ent- it's en- a- entertainment, I completely understand, right? But people don't get their facts from reading stuff and sources and accounts anymore. They get it from films. It's like every Mel Gibson historical epic is wrong. It's all wrong, Claire. But people don't know that because they get their history from films. Are you trying to tell me that William Wallace didn't shag the, the Queen? No. The queen. No, no, they never send the Queen <laughs> on her own up to Scotland in the middle of a rebellion. It's quite a viable hostage. <laughs> Because I go, oh, thank you very much. You're our prisoner now, Your Majesty. Uh, and he's certainly not banging her. The, the blood of English medieval kings was not tainted with William Wallace. <laughs> uh, people don't know that. Yeah, but that, that's just for artistic licence as well. But, the, but he's telling a, a, what's meant to be a true story. I think as long as the gist of it is true, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Titanic, you know, they they put, you know... They well, I was sure the ship sank. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and there was the love story that went through it that, that, you know, pulls on your heart and draws you into the story, doesn't it? I was just in it for the sinking. Yeah, <laughs> there's a great YouTube clip. It's in the Titanic in five seconds. All it is is a long guy says, this ship will never sink. Blub, blub, blub. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good one, that is. This ship won't sink. Blub. <laughs> All right, yeah, you've got... The, I mean, it didn't need to be three hours long. But that's the romantic subplot for Titanic, isn't it? At the time. Yeah. But you're looking at the... I'm in it for the ship and the, the luxury and the grandeur and the dr- heavily drinking in third class. <laughs> I was a heavy drinking all through the classes. <laughs> well, to be well fair. yeah, yeah, it's true. So, you know, I'm looking at that, but I want, I want, I don't want Def, Def Leppard. I didn't the courtroom drama. I get all right. Yeah. Def Leppard, I think, is a bit much. But then again, it's Dave, and he's like, well, you know what? Spend some of that. I like Def Leppard. Get them here to perform three songs for me because he guarantees in the crowd while they film it, isn't he? Yeah. And then, of course, they're throwing that juicy, juicy Netflix money at him. Which is more money for him to invest in stuff. Well, he, Dave is going to have had to say, yeah, that'll be all right, hasn't he? So he's had to okay it. It depends how much he sold the rights, uh, to what degree he sold the rights, you know? I mean, okay. Just mark it down a little bit for me. And I bet Dave, as any profits from this or whatever, I bet he's put them into community as well, isn't it? Yes, yeah. We watch the documentary. Yeah. Does it? Come on, you got to give him an extra. Yeah, I get. Point one for that. I I'll put this film like a a six point five, knowing that certain things didn't happen. <laughs> kind of takes the gloss off for me. My favourite bits of the film didn't actually happen. 
So it does take the gloss off, but it is an incredibly heartwarming story and fair play to Dave. This is our culture. This is the closest we've ever had to a proper light and fluffy episode. This is all good. Yeah. Apart from the bankers, they're twats. And well, the- we're taking on the bankers, that's what's good about it. Yeah! Showing them up. To London! <laughs> and on the Claire's, would I watch it again scale? It's a yes. That's that's what I base a film on. Mm. Would I watch it again or wouldn't I? You know, I don't, don't go in for all these, you know, naught to ten sort of... Oh, you, you do it on scale you want. Yeah, well, it's the scale of would I watch it again? Yeah, I'd watch it again. Yeah, I'd watch it again if I was I drunk and want, wanted something to watch quickly while I was eating. <laughs> Only in that. <laughs> no, it's, I do that with a lot of films. Yeah. I could go, I know this, I know this inside out. I can I can be doing other stuff and keep half an eye on it while I'm cooking me tea and while I'm cooking me, me munchies. Yeah. You know? That, it's the sort of film that I put on and I'm like, I'm, don't, I'm not asked if I go to sleep. I'll put it through it because when I wake up, it'll be finished. Or I know where I am. I know where I am. I know what's happened. Yeah. Sorry, Mark, I did cut you off a little bit there. No, no, I'm just saying. I enjoyed it. It's a good film. Um, great idea from this bloke and Dave. Yep. If any millionaires are listening, set up your own bank. You know. Give think, us the money at Super Bank. I think they should be rolled out across the country. Yeah. Well, the one, the interesting thing. In that documentary, that Germany do this, and they're the strongest, were the strongest economy in Europe, but they still are. And they do this; they have lots of little banks, local yep. community banks. So I don't see why, if you actually want the country to have a crack at something, boost the economy, why not? But obviously, it's well, the, br- the Tories. They want the food banks, don't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> community food banks. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? The, yeah. pa- the powers that be don't don't want it in this they country. Want they want the they money want to the stay with them because they're the, it's, it's, the, it's, it's sad, but it's the British class system, isn't it? The upper class don't just rule, they don't rule us governmentally as much, but they can rule us financially. What do you mean? Most of the cabinet are, billion, are millionaires, aren't they? No, but the upper class I'm talking, like... Yeah, it's all eating boys, isn't it? Yeah, 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 but they're eating boys, but we're not talking about the lords and sirs. There's a few of them in Parliament, there's the lords... But it's not like they're... Mr Sulek's one of the richest people in the country. Yeah, but it's not like we're serfs, is it? We're not ruled autocratically by them anymore. No, but they always seem to get in power, don't they? Well, that's the problem, isn't it? But not many working-class people. Keir Starmer. Not working-class, it's <laughs> Sir Keir Starmer. He's a working-class background. Oh, God. <laughs> I would have said that <laughs> The politicians at the moment are just like the actors, aren't they? And the, the, and the huge footballers just getting paid a lot because, you know, well, they know a lot and they put their fingers in pies and then change policy to, you know, to, to, fa- to, to favour them, yeah. Well, they're just, they're just to cream the money off the, the fucking the treasury, isn't it? That's what it is. Look what happened to COVID. Yeah. Billions yeah. of pounds, they're just. Siphoned off to their mates. Spaffed up the wall. This shit that didn't work. That one woman bought a yacht. Yeah, she bought a yacht. Sold the NHS loads of defective face masks and bought a yacht. They're just there to manage our decline while they run off with all the money. It's effectively what they're there for. And that's why they don't want people like Dave having banks. Because he's going to make everyone in the community richer. And every penny we've got is a penny they haven't. Yep. 
So they're, they're here to manage our decline. So what happens when the whole of society have declined? What you, you know? Well, that's the risk to take, isn't it? So they're, then they're nothing over nobody because. What they want is everybody on zero contracts, no rights, no nothing. You know, no money. Working hand to mouth, and that that's it. That's what they want. They've been doing a good job of getting it to that, haven't they? Yeah, they have. Things have never been grimmer. <laughs> Financially. Mm-hmm. In Christ, I work full time. You know, some months it's a struggle. You know, I've got a decent Still job. Millions. And there's people a lot worse, more worse off than me. I haven't got to worry about feeding kids. That's it. One third of kids in this country now go to bed hungry at night. My fucking three don't. Eat me out of ice, no. <laughs> but that's, you know, food, but food's got a lot more expensive yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. everything's gone up, man. Fucking bankers. I would have bought a pair of... trust, that was, wasn't it? Yeah. Gambling with the economy. Oh, God. Lest we say about... I forgot about it. Yeah, <laughs> me too. She might be an I'm a celebrity. Sure. Genuinely. Oh, there's talk about it. There's a rumour I heard it on the on the radio. Well, Matt Hancock's just gone into that. SAS, are you tough enough? What is he doing? I don't know, but the fucking instructor cut him a fucking new one in the one interview I saw. I can't remember what he said, but he was just like, "Yeah, you'd never lie, would you?" And <laughs> <laughs> he's completely he's straight faced. He was just like, uh, uh, he just like, tore him a new oh, asshole. Fucking liars, isn't they? All of them. Not all of them. All the ones at the top. There we go. That's better. No, I'm not, I'm not about local politicians and councillors. It's different. And deputy mayors. <clears throat> yeah, we've got a corrupt system, mate. It's tragic. Trying to make a change, even at local level, can be tough. Because people don't... You know, sorry, this is how it's always been. Oh, that doesn't work. That's not great. No, sorry. You know? Yep. Viva la revolution. Ah... Can't wait till there's a golden statue of me <laughs> holding an AK-47 in Dublin. <laughs> <laughs> Generale. <laughs> El Supremo. El Supremo. <laughs> oh, fuck, man. It'll be a glorious utopia full of science and education and learning and wealth. Telling you. Can't be any worse than the shit we got at the moment. You might as well give me a go. <laughs> Can't do any worse, can I? Can't crash the economy in, a, in, in three months like this trusted. Is there anything else to add about, about the movie? Oh, there, was a, there was a good joke in it. Oh, go on then. What do you call a thousand bankers at the bottom of the sea? A yeah. Fucking success. A good start. <laughs> 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 Wearing concrete shoes, I presume. <laughs> Bankers. I think that was the lawyer making that joke. Oh, uh, well, you know, you know. Lawyers are just as bad as fucking bankers. Well, yeah. They're like baby bankers, they're twats. Uh, but I enjoyed it though, it was a good film. And it, it said, that's the thing, for every like bad lie they made in the film about Def Leppard and that courtroom drama, not a lie, a mistruth, in, in, infotainment, whatever. The story was there. The main thrust of the story was kept all the way through it. 
Bankers are twats. We should do what he's doing. Yep. Fair play, Dave. Crack on, Dave. Yep. Like I say, this needs to be rolled out across the country, man. If you can do it in Germany, we can do it fucking here. Yep. What I was disappointed with, that at some point he gave away free Burnley Football Club tickets when you opened like a new account or deposited so much. <laughs> and it's like, who the other fuck wants to go to Turd Moor and watch that fucking game? Burnley people. Oh, fuck them. <laughs> Have we got any fucked up facts, Mike? Yeah, can do. Great, let's do the theme tune. Oh, all right, back to vintage theme tune, are you? Should we go harmonious? <laughs> no. Well, right, facts, facts, fucked up facts, facts, facts. Fucked up fucks. Oh! Threw that in. Yeah. <laughs> You're itching for that, and Pete just jumps in your way all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you have, haven't you? <laughs> have you been fucking itching to do it? Right then, Mike, hit us with some knowledge. In 1986, the owner of Harrods in London. That would have been fired. I don't know if it was him in 86, maybe. Tried to sue a restaurant in a small town in New Zealand for using the name Harrods. Probably was our fired. <laughs> in response, every business in the town also changed the name to Harrods. <coughs> yeah. Yeah, a bit of solidarity, I love it. <laughs> I bet it was just their second name, they just called it Harrods. Yeah. As long as you don't, you know, take the whole, do the H the way they do their H and sort of proper riff it off, you should be able to call it whatever you want. I don't see an issue with it. I think it's especially a little restaurant in New Zealand. I yeah. mean, literally the other side of the planet to Britain. Oh, no. What's Pet- it matter? Petty as fuck. No one's going to think you're the real Harrods, for fuck's sake. It's a little restaurant in New Zealand. You're not going to go, oh, I didn't know Harrods had a restaurant here. <laughs> Go in, be bitterly disappointed, and then write Harrods a strongly worded letter about their restaurant in New Zealand. Ridiculous, it. Yeah, fuck them. I do like Harrods, the shop, though. I've been in it once. It's impressive. No, it's it's a, great. As, you know, what it is, isn't it? Yeah, they have the, like, the massive Lego like buying one. things from there. Oh, God, no, it's too expensive, fucking yeah. expensive. <laughs> I can't no, afford that God, shit. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> but it is an impressive shop. Mm. Everything you could ever want, isn't it? Oh god, yeah! And you always have to get a bag, and then parade that bag with pride through the, through the streets of London. Yeah. <laughs> I've been to Harrods. <laughs> Don't bug me. I've got no money left. <laughs> <laughs> now London's a great city. I don't care what anyone says. Rattlesnakes get less stressed if they're with a friend. Who doesn't? Oh. I think they rattle in time together. Yeah. I hope so. Like, I'm doing do... like a... Just chilling me out, man. Maybe, maybe there's like more than one and they get bands. <laughs> a national park in Thailand sends visitors their litter back to them in the post. That's cool. Along with a note stating, you forgot these things at Khao Yai National Park. How do they know it's like yours, though? Do they got like an intricate series of CCTV? Maybe you have to give you your name and address for a ticket, or... Yeah, you'd have to do that, I'd imagine, like sign in. Yeah, facial recognition. They've got all sorts of social bloody... What's it called now? Social score system and all that lot, have they? China, well, China was on about it, weren't they? This is in Korea, was it? South Korea? Korea? Thailand. Thailand, sorry. It's over that way. (laughs) It's the same geographical region. <laughs> Ish. 
I don't know, maybe they got CCTV and they just, like, oh, there's litter there, who dropped that kind of thing? Probably certain places to eat, maybe, I don't know, they'd work it, but it seems a lot of logistics. You could just pick it up and put it in the bin. Because you've got to employ someone to go and pick it up anyway to mail it back to the to the people that dropped it. Yeah, but it's funny though, isn't it? It is great. In 2016, a local restaurant offered a percentage discount on your bill equal to the score difference between two college football teams. Right. The University of Michigan ended up winning 78-0. Ooh, so 78% <laughs> reduction yeah. on your bill. <laughs> I bet they never did that again. No. <laughs> That's why sport's great. It's completely unpredictable. Yep. In 1904, a Swedish sailor was shipwrecked in Papua New Guinea and he went on to fall in love with the local king's daughter. Right. Okay, this is, good. This is interesting. And he eventually ruled as Strong Charlie. <laughs> he became king of Papua New Guinea that is just amazing strong Charlie man the days of that happened they're gone aren't they he's lucky actually they didn't eat him yeah I suppose they are actually there was cannibals then weren't there yeah there's the Salado no no there's no cannibal tribes left now I don't think yeah I think so Papua New Guinea well they can't do it very often I don't know it's uh, I know yeah, we, I think there's still like half the island that. Nah, we did the episode on cannibalism. There was no, tr- they'd all give, allegedly given it up. Oh, had they? Yeah, I thought there was still one or two. Nah, this pe- is a delicacy. Uh, <laughs> I mean, then they got... can catch one. Mmm, <laughs> <laughs> tastes like pork. <laughs> so, like, like you ever seen the film The Man Who Would Be King? No. Michael Caine, Sean Connery. Play two, Possibly. play two British red coats at the turn of the century, maybe a bit earlier, and they're like, we're going to go to this last, the last sort of, it's, it's, I think it's like, it's not Nepal, it's like past Nepal, we're going to go there. They're still in the Middle Ages, right? So we'll go there, we'll take rifles and ammunition, and we'll teach them. We'll find the first tribe we come across. We'll like teach them how to fight as a modern British army, and then we'll conquer all that land, and then we'll usurp the chief. Because we'll be the generals anyway, no one's going to say nothing because all the men will love us. <laughs> and we'll just get as much wealth as we can and get the fuck out and go back to Britain. But it all goes wrong. Sean Connery ends up being revered as a god. A god? Yeah, they're Freemasons and they're one of the, the, the historical things they have is they were conquered by Alexander the Great. And they remember that in their histories. And the Freemasons like go back to that, basically. It's like, oh, that's a symbol of... You're the son, you're the heir to Alexander, and it makes Sean Connery king. Oh. But then it all goes tits up. But it's a really good film. Sounds a bit like that. I think he'd be a, make a good king. Well, yeah, he, he would, but he's like I can't remember what it is now. There's like some rule where he has to get sacrificed or something like that. Oh, I can't remember. Is. I haven't watched it for ages, but it's a really it is a good film. It might be a movie pick, but I'm not even sure it's like the fifties or sixties. Michael Caine's in it. He's not that old, isn't it? I might have that at some point. But the dangers of power. Mm. We can't do that anymore. <laughs> I like I like Strong Charlie, that's fantastic. Yeah. I, like, I like that I like that fact. In nineteen sixty five, six Tongan schoolboys 
was stranded on a remote island in the middle of the Pacific. Can I just point out there's a lot of getting stranded on an island in this sort of fights. <laughs> Instead of a Lord of the Flies situation, mm-hmm. that was a book in the end of the day, it was made up, wasn't it? The boys worked together to hunt seabirds, plant taro, taro? No idea. I assume it's some kind it's of crop. Giant, it's a giant leaf. I've got Is one it? at home, yeah. And keep each other safe. When they were rescued 15 months later, all boys were healthy. Fucking hell. Incorporating, isn't it? So, Lord the Flies, isn't it all just going to shit and they start fighting each other? Yep. And, th- and they reckon that that's like. What I'd Typical happen. of human spirit, isn't it? You know. Yeah, we got. Human disposition. We, we, we're going to all disagree, so we're going to split into groups and yeah. then we're going to fight each other over what we don't agree on. Yeah. Well, I think it'll depend on... In a real-life situation, the exact opposite happened. Well, I think it'll depend on how many people you've got, you know, because the more people you've got, the more that you've got yeah. to get them bored to, yeah. to all, all have the same common goal. Yeah, <laughs> you have. Unless you can actually get someone on board who's just such a fucking naturally gifted leader... That you can either a talk people out of it or talk them round without any need for violence and do it in such a way that they just like yeah I'm on the team now. Mm-hmm. Those people do exist, mm-hmm. but let's face it, chances are if you're with a group of like thirty people on an island, that group's going to split up. Yeah, isn't it? And it's going to get a bit nasty at some point. But you don't know. You're just making assumptions. The only evidence is that it's yeah. But also, there are kids. So and six, kids, six, that's what Lord of Flies was, isn't it? Yeah, I know, but w- w- adults have got their own fucking neuroses and horrible <laughs> and hang-ups. Kids haven't got so much, and presumably they know each other. I think anything less, like you know, ten or less, I think it would be solidarity. Anything, you know, the the, the higher this is what I'm saying. Mm. The higher the amount of people like on on the island, the more likely it is. And that group's going to split. Split, yeah. Maybe. Because personalities clash. Yeah. Simple as. It could come down to simple, like you're talking to people, and like they're like, "Oh, I'm a Tory," and you'd be like, "You fucking what?" What the fuck? <laughs> you think less of that person, and then you're then you're less likely to take their side in something. Kids are less likely to even have them. Kids yeah. are less likely to have them views, aren't they? Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, let's face it, Mike. If you've got stuck on an island with fifteen Tories and fifteen Liberals, you ain't gonna side with the Tories much on that point, are you? Well, if it's about survival, then yeah, you you got to work together, haven't you? Nobody decides. Nobody decides he's going to decimate half of you, <laughs> kill one in ten of you <laughs> for food. <laughs> All right, go on, next one then. Occupations given by people during the eighteen eighty one UK census. Okay. Included blabber. I don't know what a blabber is. Does it say no? A blabber. A blabber. I mean, you think you're gossiping, don't you? Blabber. Yeah, that can't be a profession. <laughs> Budget bummer. I'm not sure I want to know what that is. <laughs> a doctor maker. A doctor maker? Yeah. Okay. Peas maker. Peas? As in, yeah, the little As in little green eat. vegetables. Yeah. Alright. And piano puncher. <laughs> Do you think they were just doing what, like... Pretty much, we all do on the national census and write silly things down. You can't, can you? You get to prison. Well, you wrote Jedi as a religion. Um, yes, because I am a Jedi. <laughs> I'm you not can, lying, am I? Have you just your lightsaber yet? 
I haven't got best question two on the <laughs> test yet. But. It doesn't say. Maybe they are just taking the piss a bit like a budget bummer. Maybe they used to be a cheap prostitute. Just throw it out there. Makes uh, it's logical. Yeah. All right, go on, one more. In 18th century slang... Where? Huh? Where? 18th century where? Slang. Slang. Oh, so is slang, yeah. Yeah. A schoolmaster was called a haberdasher of pronouns. All right. That's <laughs> kind of all right, isn't it? It's not catchy. No. You haberdasher of pronouns. <laughs> uh, it's good. It's clever. Mm. Must be an E in that one. Yeah, probably. I doubt that was in your... You common public school. Uh, oh well, fucking class system. Yeah. Right, on that note, let's end the show. I've been Ben, thanks very much for listening. Don't join the flavour aid, don't join a cult. Do start a community bank if you're able to. Yes. Definitely. I've been Mike, thanks for listening. Peace out, may the force be with you. And I've been Claire, thanks for listening. And keep an open mind, not so open that it spills out your ears. What's that cushion you replaced Pete? Good night, have a good week. Thank you very much. I think the cushion would warrant to chain him. <laughs>